and welcome to another fabulous episode of Retro Vaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier, here with Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And Billy Holiday. Hello there. And this week I'm excited. We're going to talk about a system we've never discussed before, the Neo Geo. Uh, time-wise, it fits right in with what we're talking about. But before we get to that, Billy, what have you been playing since last episode? What have I been playing? Well, and, and Jeremy Gregory and I, I think he'll have a he'll have a similar answer. In our in our tradition of playing games that people considered long since dead, we have uh, picked up the division again. <laughs> uh, a game that I I enjoyed, I really did enjoy, uh, but just kind of so much other stuff came out that I, it just it, it went right on the back burner, and uh, I think Jeremy has started playing again, and and finally. I got back in with him because it got to the point to where, you know, some of the stuff he was trying to do, you had to have more than one player. Uh, and eventually he picked up some of the DLC for it. And I did also, and it has one particular piece of, of, of DLC, the, uh, the underground, which has just breathed new life into it and has turned it into a, a much more fun game. It's turned it almost into a, a it's, it's it almost Diablo esque in that it's, kind of a randomly generated dungeon that you're traveling through now. And there's all kinds of various loot to pick up and it, it's just a lot of fun now. And it's, it's, you know, I'm having as much fun with it now as I did when I first picked it up. Uh, I'm, we're continuing to play it. We've both maxed out uh, and we're just right now just searching for better gear and I'm looking forward to picking up some other stuff for it. And that has really taken up most of my time as far as, as what I've been playing recently. Yeah, that's basically all I've been doing as well. I mean, nothing really new that I've been playing, and you know, I don't want to talk about it too much, so I don't piss off somebody on iTunes again. But we uh, we've definitely just kind of been playing Division. Uh, we maxed out uh, when it first came out. We got to level thirty, and we kind of stopped uh, after that for some reason. I, I think we just really didn't do the in-game stuff we, we didn't want to uh, grind the dark zone which is the pvp element which was absolutely terrible and maddening at the time and they've changed a lot since we played and we finally got around to to doing some of that in-game content and going up the world tiers where you have to have so much uh, a certain armor rating to continue and we finally got to uh tier five which is the final tier that you can get to and uh at that point, I guess you just kind of have to go around and hunt for for sets, like in, like World of Warcraft, the different armor sets that you can find, and that's kind of what we're doing. And and we're just, it's really enjoyable. It's it's just one of those kind of games that you know it's fun to play with somebody else. And if you just kind of want to run run around by yourself, it just, you know it's not too bad. Uh, I actually went crazy the the other day and decided to collect everything in the game. So. <laughs> I collected every single collectible that is in that game, and it's around, I think, around 300, 300 things. And I'm never doing that again. I, I will never do the collection thing for another game again. Because I, I, I recall hearing this about some, some Riddler trophies. Uh, you several, know, I never did, several I years never back. did that. Did you not? No, I, I'm I the never only one. all of them. Well, I did, sadly. <laughs> Maybe I vowed to never do it again. It might have been you. Also, you with your Alone in the Dark uh, <laughs> oh, Xbox 360 collection that, that you did. Oh, revisiting my darkest hour. <laughs> I thought yeah, that was I'm, last I'm episode. Not doing that, you know, I don't. I don't hate myself that I did it. I kind of do, but it, it took like two days to just go around and collect all of that stuff, and it, it wasn't fun, really. None of them are very fun collectibles. Um, they're not very hard to find. It's just kind of you just 
zone out and do it. And that's kind of what I did. But that's really all I've been playing. Uh, and, and besides what we've been uh, for this po- playing for this podcast. Yeah, I definitely logged a lot of time into the games we're talking about today. Uh, but the other thing I played a lot of is the, this month's uh, PS Plus uh, free games for uh, for the PS4 was Day of the Tentacle, uh, like a point-and-click adventure. It came out 24 years ago, 25 years ago, the sequel to Maniac Mansion. Now, I never had this game when it was new because I had an Amiga at the time, and it was impossible to find games for the Amiga after the first like year of its existence in the U.S. Uh, so unless you knew like a specialty store, and I didn't live anywhere near a specialty store, uh, and there wasn't really the internet to order stuff on, so I-, I could only grab a few things here and there. I had Maniac Mansion, I had all the the uh, the first two um, Monkey Island games, uh, and a bunch of the Sierra Point and Click Adventures. But those are are the games. If I had to pick a style of game that I wasted the most time on in my youth, it's Point and Click Adventures. So I was super excited that this was back out uh, and free. So I, I've spent a lot of time playing that. I, I can't say I didn't look up a few hints. Uh, there's at least one item. There, there's a set of keys you need, and I'm not going to give away what it does or where it was, but I never would have seen it. Uh, with the new graphics on it, it's very hard to see those keys, although they do give you a uh, kind of a, not a cheat, but a function in the game where it flashes anything that's important, uh, and I should have used that more often, but somehow I thought that was cheating, but actually going online and looking up a solution, uh, I did not find as cheating. It's kind of a stupid view, and now that I think about it out loud. But uh, that's what I did. So I finished that, played a lot of that, and uh, and then I bought Mad Max for the PS4 yesterday uh, to get ready for our upcoming nuclear devastation. But other than that, <laughs> I've played a lot of this week's game, which is the Metal Slug series for the Neo Geo. Before we get into the actual discussion of Metal Gear, did either of you own or know someone who actually let you see their Neo Geo? I knew a guy who <laughs> said he had a Neo Geo, but then I never saw it ever. Even when you went to his house, he's like, oh, it's broken, so it's at the shop. I don't believe he actually the shop. had one. Yeah, the Neo Geo shop. So, uh, well, I, Although, to be fair, uh, in what, 1994, 95, if, if I had a Neo Geo and it was broken, I would bring it to a shop. That's a $700 system. I'm God, taking it wherever it costs to get it fixed, as long as it's less than $750. But I did not ever play one other than an arcade machines. I played the arcade machines. I never saw the home console, never knew anyone that had one, would not have known they existed if not for the for the magazines. Uh, no, that's just something that not only was it probably, it would have been too expensive to buy, but I just, in my once again, it's one of those things in my area, I just don't think they they carried it. And that's, you know, for me, that was that was the enthusiast console of, of you know, the, the back then. I, I didn't know anyone that had it and I always wanted one. But, you know, that was like that one console that could literally play the arcade game like the arcade. You know, it, it really was the arcade game that you were getting on that console. Uh, and not only the, the console itself was expensive, but the games were ridiculous. I mean, there was like it was like, what, 200, 300 bucks for for some of the uh uh, King of the Fighters and Samurai Showdown games. It was uh, just just crazy for what that console actually was, and you know. But I, I always wanted one for myself. But that was dreaming back in the day. Well, it's one of the few consoles, you know. Now that we're older 
Uh, although not now. Now I think I'm old enough that I'm not going to spend money on this because I have a mortgage. But before I had responsibilities, I went out and found a whole bunch of things that I wanted as a kid. And this is one of those things I never, I never picked up because it was never affordable. I mean, no, knew it was six fifty or seven hundred dollars for the system, two hundred dollars for each game uh, at retail. But finding stuff now on the collector market is, you know, really expensive. Uh, they did put on a Neo Geo X a couple years ago that was supposed to be a full recreation, but even those were. A couple hundred bucks, I want to say, and it only had a set library, uh, so I did not pick it up either. Um, and those weren't that actually wasn't a great console. That yeah, was, I kind of uh, heard it the was emulation good. was was not good on those games. Uh, there is a Neo Geo collection on the Wii that is apparently not bad because uh, a lot of those games came out in the Virtual Console. This was just kind of a collection of those, uh, but the Metal Slug games, which is what we're going to talk about today, uh, are available on. Uh, PlayStation 4 uh, via PlayStation 2 download, uh, also PlayStation 2, PSP, and the Wii uh, in the Metal Slug Anthology, which is an actually a, a great collection. It, it emulates very well, in my opinion. Uh, I had the Wii one previously, and it, it was fine. And then for this this podcast, I played a lot of the PS4 version because it looks much prettier uh, coming out of a PS4 HDMI than the Wii. Now, I got to say, I, I had no clue anything about this series at all in fact that's crazy that's crazy i had a great misconception Uh, the uh, metal i don't know i've went back and i've googled to see if maybe it was some some cover art or or something from one of the games and and i have no idea what it was but i just thought for sure this was a series of mech games and and i'm not a big mech fan at all um so so i passed on these i never gave any of these a shot and and obviously i never even looked into them so i i I recognized the name i knew the name i knew nothing about these this is my first time playing every single one of these did you never like see it on those old mvs arcade machines like like that was where i saw it and it, it seemed like it was on every single one that i came by I didn't. I mean, I have somehow, if I have, I've blocked it out. I had just, I have seen nothing of this, uh, which, you know, is a shame because as, as we go on to talk throughout this, as a, as a kid growing up, I would have been all over this. You know, the Neo Geo machines kind of came out when the arcades in my area all more or less died out. So there was an arcade that had the Neo Geo machine, but at that point, it was all fighters. It was King of Fighters or Samurai Showdown. Sometimes you get, what, King of the Monsters? But it was mm. never, oh, and base, there's some baseball game. And I don't know why that was the big hit, but everyone liked it. Um, but this game was never on a Neo Geo near me, except for there's a rundown mall kind of near my <laughs> office now that still has one set up with Metal Slug 3, I want to say. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, and and I, I would probably go and play it and spend a quarter and last 10 seconds and be very excited about it. Uh, but actually, I'm sure it's 50 cents or a dollar now. I haven't been to that arcade in a long time. But it's the only arcade that's left anywhere near near me at all uh, outside of like amusement parks and the beach. See, for me, I never actually saw any of those arcade cabinets in an actual arcade. Like the one that I always saw was at my local Walmart when I was a kid. And it, they didn't get it until like Samurai Showdown. The, the first one was brand new. So, like, when I saw that, I was like, what are these? You know, I, I'd kind of seen pictures of them in the magazines and, and all that. But, you know, I, and, and the main attraction for me, of course, was Samurai Showdown because I love fighting games. And one time I just didn't feel like wasting my quarter on the, on the crazy difficult AI that was in that, that game and just played Metal Slug. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is basically just cartoon Contra. You know, I, I love Contra. It's one of my favorite games of all time. And, and this is just like the craziest version of Contra you could ever play. Yeah, and that's the first thing that came to mind for me. 
uh, when I, before I played this, I watched a, I watched a brief clip, and yeah, it was Contra, uh, and I knew that was either going to be good or that was going to be bad because Contra sets a high bar, you know, for that that running gun style game, uh, and this one looked like a lot of fun, and and I was happy to happy to see that you know a few minutes into playing it, I was really enjoying myself. Well, the difference between this game and Contra is that, and again, Contra had an arcade version, and I'm not speaking of that version because I think I've played that version one time, but the NES version of Contra is hard, things get a little crazy, but it's beatable. I mean, you can, mm-hmm. even yes. without the 30 lives code, uh, you know, you can beat it with the, the basic three lives and, what, four continues or whatever you get. It's beatable. You spend a lot of time on it, you got to learn some boss patterns, but it's not crazy. This game has sections that, I, I mean, our design—it's a quarter killer. You know, it's it's designed to take your money as much as possible, but keep you playing just enough on each quarter to get, let you throw another one in there because you made some progress. Uh, and it's it's definitely even through the games that were not ever put out in arcades, it still feels very much like a quarter muncher. Uh, but but yet, I did slowly get better as we played it. So I, it it definitely has a learning curve, a pretty steep one. But uh, the basics though are not hard. There there are two buttons: jump and shoot. The goal they made when they tried try to make this game was to make an old-school-style shooter where there weren't a whole lot of extra moves and a lot of extra things to do. It was just a, a run-and-gun action game because there hadn't been that many new ones at that mm-hmm. time. Again, this is a 1996 it came out. Everything that was coming out at this point for home consoles, you know, 3D was the new thing. His PlayStation was out. The Saturn had come out. So 3D was, was what everyone was aiming for, and 2D games were seen as kids' games. So they wanted to put out like a hardcore 2D shooter because there hadn't been any new ones in a long time. And they succeeded. The first, the first Metal Slug is probably the purest straight cartoon Contra game of the series. Yeah, and, and that and, was yeah that was before it got crazy <laughs> real quick <laughs> after that one. But yeah, it's a very strictly kind of like silly cartoon military. It seems like. Yeah, and and the first thing I noticed about it, besides the the God the fucking difficulty, which I'm sure we'll speak of as as we go along was the uh, the graphic style of it. I, it really caught my eye, and, and I really enjoyed this thing. I can't say anything bad about it graphics-wise, uh, except for uh, the second one. There's a little bit, we'll get to it, there's a little bit of slowdown here and there, uh, which really took me out of it. But this is a great-looking series of games. Yeah, Cartoon Contra is like a... pixel art. I mean, this yeah. is your game. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Cartoon Contra is a great definition, you know, that you, you throw out of what this feels like. And, and the, everything has perfect animation i mean every time you kill a kill a person or or you die or you you hit a box or do it i mean everything is super animated you know nothing just flashes and vanishes or just explodes immediately and goes i mean everything has pieces that come off of it when you kill it or you know guys will have like an animation where they fall to the ground and like gasp and crawl forward a little bit i mean it everything in this game looks incredible but still it's so cartoony that the violence level is acceptable like if this was a realistic looking game this would be unacceptable but because they made it you know all cartoony the fact that everything has like a dying animation or explosions or you know houses can fall can blow apart and there's everything is is the animation is just superior i i don't even know what else to say about, about the the graphics on these games for what they're aiming for they hit it directly on the mark does anyone think that this might be just a bit over animated? Like it, it seems like it, I, I see this come up sometimes with Street Fighter Three, uh, where like every single thing in that game is so well animated that it seems to almost get in in the way of the gameplay. Sometimes, like, did anyone have any problems 
where it seemed like you wanted to do something, but you were still waiting for an animation to wind down or something like that. There have been, there were several, I noticed several occasions where I would die uh, because I was, I was standing in the midst of an explosion, an animated explosion, you know, which doesn't kill you if you blow up uh, a structure or a tank or something like that. And a lot of times uh, enemy bullets would pass through that and it would kind of obscure my view of a lot of things or enemies would run through it and I wouldn't see it coming. Uh, So a lot of times some of the bigger explosions I thought blocked out uh, I don't know if this was uh, intentional or not, blocks out your view uh, of a lot of what's going on. And that screen, uh, especially later stages, that screen can get pretty damn busy. Oh, my God. There's so much shit going on sometimes. Yes. And you just you don't even know where you're at. Well, that that's the I mean, I wouldn't say it's a complaint because I think that's what makes oh, this I'm game not fun. Oh, not, not at all. Right. No, no. Uh, I just meant for me, I was going to say, yeah, that that was my big issue with this game. But again, not a complaint. Just you have to get used to that. Everything on the screen moves. The backgrounds are all fairly. I mean, they're they're not static. They move a little bit. uh, But but there's so many things on the screen at once. Like you're not going to after the first level of each of these games, you're not going to run into into an area and see one guy and take him down. You're going to run into an area and there's going to be three guys and then guys run in from each side of the screen and guys come down on parachutes with with like bazooka guns. I mean, that. There's constant, they're just barraging you with things. It's it's the it's the same mindset as like a, a space shooter, like a Gradius or something. There's just it's it's throw things at you over and over again, and either you take everything out quickly, or if you let it build up on the screen, you're screwed, and you've just you've doomed yourself. I think there were a lot of times where I actually died just because I was distracted at looking at what craziness was, <laughs> was all happening on the screen because, you know, there could be so, so many things just going on at once, uh, just all over that damn screen that it, uh, uh, it, like I said, it's not a complaint, but it can definitely be distracting if you don't know what you're looking for. Well, I think it's the kind of game, and normally I don't like to talk about achievements on, on systems because these systems didn't have them. Uh, the Neo Geo didn't have it. None of these older systems had achievements. That's a fairly recent thing. But playing this on the PS4, the fact that the rarest achievement for each of these games is to is to finish a game with only five continues, as opposed oh. to finish on one life or finish on oh, one man. one set of games, it shows no. you how tough this is. You know, I mean, we keep bringing up Contra because it's a game everyone probably knows if you listen to this podcast at all to compare this to but but that's a game you can beat without continuing it's totally doable it's it's hard mm-hmm. and there's parts that if you don't know what you're doing and you haven't memorized where everything's placed you're probably going to die but this game even if you are flawless in your understanding of the game there are sections that just by by rng you're going to take it you're going to take it in the face and you're going to die and then uh, unlike a lot of games it thankfully it doesn't start you back at a checkpoint and it doesn't completely screw you when you die as far as your regular gun isn't terrible and for um i guess we should have brought this up earlier but but if you're close enough to an enemy your character does like a stab attack and and the the animation on it's pretty cool you can clearly tell he pulls like a knife out and and stabs him and that seems to do if it's an enemy that takes several shots more damage than than your gun does is your knife but but uh you know you you when you come back from from dying, you just have your regular gun, which you use for most of the game anyway, and your knife. I mean, you have all the the equipment you need to fight most things. The problem is, because the game stacks you with so many enemies, that if you die because you let things build up too much, you're probably going to die three or four more times before you get that room, that area cleared out enough to move on and and get back to you know kind of preemptively kicking everything's ass before it has a chance to build up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you talk about you talk about the regular gun, but during the the brief few seconds you're able to stay alive, there there's a variety 
of upgrades you can pick up. And I, and I just have to say, uh, these were a lot of fun. Each one, uh, you know, in a lot of games, you get the gun that really seems kind of pointless and, and the power up that really you wish you could just drop immediately. But they did a good job on here. Each one of these these guns you can pick up, whether it's the flamethrower or the shot. And I have to say that fucking shotgun. Oh, there that's are, a great shotgun. There are a lot of good shotguns in video games. There's the Doom shotgun. There's a shotgun from the Fear series of games. And there's this one. And this one just makes you feel unstoppable. But it's only a matter of seconds before you find out that you're not. But the brief <laughs> period of time you have that shotgun, uh, you're really enjoying yourself. You're clearing the screen off just one shot at a time with that thing. Well, you're, but, but the shotgun, again, like most games, shotguns, it's you're clearing out anything that hits the the cone of the shotgun but it's only about maybe a third a fourth of the screen if you're lucky from the point of the gun to where Mm -hmm. it blows out so it's it's an amazing gun does a whole lot of damage but if you go to the wrong spot if you if you're not if you're just just a fraction of an inch outside of what you need to hit uh, most likely you're going to take a bullet in the face and we should probably also mention that these power-ups that you get also have their own ammo count. So this isn't something you get to keep until you die. It's literally until you run out of ammo for them. And, and that changes throughout the games. Not that the that the idea that you have a limited resource changes. That's always the case. But in some of the games, it seems that the guns have far less uh, bullets per per pickup than in the first game and the second game. The first game and the second game seem to really have a, a pretty consistent idea of how many bullets you get. I think if you get the... Um, it's like a machine gun, but the code is an H. I'm sure it stands for something that starts with an H, but I'm not that smart. Uh, but that's the the one you get the most often, and it turns your regular pistol gun into you know a machine gun, and it's it does a lot of damage. It fires really fast, and you get 200 bullets. Uh, in some of the other games, it's only 50 bullets. So it it's like it expects you to kind of pick up a bunch of guns constantly. Uh, the way you get your pickups in this game, uh, you don't normally get them from guys that you kill, although that does happen on occasion. Instead, you have to rescue. Um, these people that are held captive so you'll find guys tied to like a post or hanging from a a tree and they're clearly not enemies and if you uh you can shoot them or cut them down with your knife and if you you touch them again they'll normally say oh thank you and give you a a new item which sometimes is just food which is points uh or uh, a weapon pickup or sometimes it's more grenades uh the other item you have to fire to play with other than your jump and your fire is you have a grenade. Uh, the grenades do a, a good deal of damage, but they, they're th- things you throw. So they actually throw in an arc. They're like stick bombs as opposed to a grenade. Uh, so if it hits something, it immediately explodes. Uh, the, the grenades are incredibly useful. It's the kind of thing, normally in games, uh, if you have a bomb weapon, I try to not use them unless I'm in a dire emergency. Because you only get three or four and, and you don't want to waste them on just fighting a handful of guys. But in this game, they expect you to use those bombs. They expect you to use them a lot. Enough oh, yeah. that there's enough pickups that are those bombs that, you know, when I actually learned how to play through at least one level of a, of a stage, you know, one full stage of a game without dying at all, uh, the key to that is use the shit out of your bombs because you're going to get more, but don't use them all the time just when it's anything that doesn't die in one or two shots. And that kind of ties back around into, you know, when you do die in this game, uh, you go back to you just have your basic pistol. Uh, But you do get a full supply of grenades uh, when you do come back. And sometimes that is basically your saving grace until you manage to get uh, a better gun, especially at a boss. Because if you die at a boss and you come back with just that little pea shooter pistol that you have, you you basically have no no other choice than the the lob grenades at the the boss because you're not going to be doing any damage otherwise.
and the bosses in this game, now that we've brought it up, the bosses are massive. Amazing. But they're yeah. Yeah, probably the best, not just animated, because we've already talked about the animation in this game and, and the oh, graphics. Oh, but the animation on those bosses, Jesus. <laughs> they, they have a thousand moving parts, some of which are things <laughs> that actually attack you and some don't, but it, but it seems very clear on bosses especially, the things that you're supposed to hit to do damage. Sometimes it's the entire boss. Most of the game, it's, it's, if it's a big piece on the boss, you can hit it. But the few bosses that have specific target points, it's very clear what they are. And they're all very yeah. different. Like the first, the first couple levels, you'll you'll fight some obvious bosses, a uh, giant ship or a giant uh, plane or helicopter. But then later on, the bosses get the more the the farther you get in this game, the more crazy everything gets, especially the bosses. <laughs> so there's like a well, giant like toy the robot. First game, I, I think the first game is very plain as far as like bosses and just the the settings that you're in and the enemies and things like that. Uh, but yeah, once you get into the second game, like that game just loses its mind with with the bosses and and everything else that you come across. Yeah, the the, the first game is definitely like a, a straight up. You're, you're one military fighting another military. It gets a little weird, a little goofy, but not that goofy. Um, the the second game on is where it it kind of starts spreading out its goofiness, and by by the end of even the third game, it's just wacky. It's just all yeah. over the place. Uh, but but still somehow to the point where it's not annoying. It's, at no point did I say I am not enjo- I'm not enjoying this game because it's it's just shoot everything as fast as you can, uh, yeah. avoiding bullets. It's 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 pure twitch action and it's it's great. And not only that, when the, uh, it could have turned into a disaster, uh, you know, when some of the more ridiculous things get introduced, like there's mummies, there there's fucking aliens eventually, uh, and and that could have ruined the game. But it really, I think it just, it adds to it. I mean, you can get turned into a mummy on there. And 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 it's it's humorous when it occurs. And I, I was telling you guys earlier, the highlight is, that, you know, there's food you can pick up uh, to give you extra points and whatnot. And if you, ha- if you run over too much of this food, your character turns fat, like gigantic. Uh, it just so happens they have much better guns then, but they're also a lot slower. It's just little touches like that, like little humorous touches that this game does very well. I'd like to talk about the transformations, but before we really dig into that any more than what you just said, because uh, I think that's a good introduction to it. The reason this game is called Metal Slug is that there are vehicles in the game that you jump into that make you extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh sometimes more powerful than other times but in the first game specifically the original metal slug there's one vehicle it's a tank called the metal slug and you know normally if you're if you're running around without a tank on you get hit by one bullet that's it you die you come back in with another life uh, if you're in the metal slug tank you have a health bar and you can refill that health bar with fuel tanks if you're lucky enough to last long enough to find one uh, which normally you do get from uh, another chest or saving people, the, the rescuing uh, folks, which you can somehow do in a tank. Uh, but the metal slug itself in the in the game, after the first game, they still continue to call them slugs throughout the rest of the game, but the vehicles then drastically increase every game. So the first game, it's just the tank. Uh, and the other, I guess, before we get into the other vehicles, I should have also said that, did you guys have any problem, and, and I guess Jeremy didn't because he's played this a lot before, but the way you aim your shot in the slug tanks. It takes a minute to get used to. Yeah, I had a... Literally aiming the gun up and down. Well, there's not a way to, like, aim... Unless I'm just dumb, and there's a very good chance that that happened. If you've listened to any of this podcast, you know there's a really good chance that I'm just dumb. But the... 
I couldn't find a way to stop. If you move a direction, it moves the gun to that direction. So if you move forward, yes. it points yes. your gun. It slowly moves it from whatever direction it was to forward. And then if you move backwards, it slowly moves the direction it was to backwards. But there's no way to like stop that movement to say, I want to fire you know, at a 45-degree angle up in the air because I'm fighting a helicopter, and I don't want that to change, but I still want to run around in any direction I want. So if there is a way to do that, then I apologize because I couldn't figure that out since it's only a two-button game, unless it's some crazy combination of those buttons and a down arrow or something, I couldn't figure it out. But there, there is no way to stop that motion, correct? As far as I know, no. I mean, the ones that I've always played, I just always use the the motion aiming. Uh, and just got used to that. I mean, if you're like you said, if you're you're moving backward, then the whichever if the gun's kind of pointing up, then it'll kind of start slowly moving up over, you know, shooting up and around until it reaches the back. Um, it's it's a weird way to learn how to shoot something with that thing. But eventually, I, you know, I got used to it. It wasn't too bad. No, no, uh, not at the all. The only time it got weird was when I needed uh, there was a, a very exact thing that I needed to move quickly to shoot at. And I just couldn't get there in time. Well, and, and I yeah, that, again, that's not a complaint. I think uh, I think that's an, a neat mechanic. It just takes a while to get used to, especially, you know, again, yeah. I'm looking at this as if I would have put a bunch of quarters into a machine and you get to this mm-hmm. tank and you're super excited. And all of a sudden you're like, what the hell? I can't even aim this thing. And you die. <laughs> and you're like, well, that that cost me 50 cents. So now I've got to try it again. And most of the and, and unfortunately, if you're in the, the metal slug tank and you and you lose it, that's it. It explodes. You have to jump out. You're back to being just a guy with some guns. Uh, which thankfully most of the time is enough to get the job done, but you can't, it's not like the tanks right there again. In a lot of levels, there's one tank if you're lucky. Uh, some levels have no tanks, and you just have to make it through with that one tank all the way to the end. If you can keep that tank, if you can get good at aiming it, and uh, and you know get to the point where you get some life tank, you know get get some life to keep it full. Uh, you know you can dominate with those tanks, you but can. it's it's yeah. really hard to get. In my opinion, it took me some time to get good with those tanks, and there's still some sections that I'm not sure quite how you're going to make it through there. Yeah, I just I never got good with that tank, um, and I, I, the the control I found difficult. I, I'm just gonna say it's probably lack of skill on my part, and uh, just yeah, I just couldn't keep that thing for too long at all. Yeah, I mean, for me, like the tank is like the main thing. Like anytime I saw a tank, like instantly, that was what I needed to be in. Um, especially if you really kind of want to get far in this game without dying too many times. Uh, that's you just kind of have to master the way that that tank works and until you do it, it is very awkward it, it's uh, i can only imagine billy coming at this for the first time getting in that tank and just being what in the world is going on with this mm-hmm. thing um but yeah if, if uh mastering that tank is really the only way to to really get through some of these stages without dying too too hard because a lot of times um the sections of where you find the tank are actually balanced in difficulty for the tank and if you lose that tank too soon then you are literally trying to run around as just a you know a regular guy in these areas that were made for this tank to kind of blast through and uh, that can definitely be an issue if, if you lose it too soon well in metal slug one you know it's it's a pretty like we said it's a pretty straightforward uh running gun game it's definitely got all the things we talked about as far as being a uh cartoony overly violent but cartoonishly so so it's not offensive i mean it's not offensive to us anyway but i can see why no one would have a problem with this game uh as far as the the violence level because it doesn't look realistic in any way but the there's six levels in the game you get to the end you fight the the general of the other army and his giant helicopter 
uh, or is it a giant plane? Either way, it's something that flies around and hovers. So I think it's a helicopter or a, uh, one of those planes that has the... It doesn't matter. You fight the, the general of the <laughs> the army at the last level, and you know you take him out. Great game ends. You get the congratulations. Metal Slug 2 starts kind of the same kind of game, but it adds some new slug type. So instead of just having the tank, uh, even in the first level, you get uh, your first... They're they're kind of animal rides. So in the first game, it's a camel, or the second game, it's a yep. camel uh, that you get that does the same kind of fire that the tank does, as far as you know, get guns where it it turns as you move. Uh, instead of having a bomb, because the metal slug tank, if you use your bomb, is actually like a big cannon that shoots out of the front. Uh, you still throw your stick bombs, but in the second metal slug, there's a cart that you can find that will add to the back of your camel. So your camel's pulling a cart, and it will then shoot cannons ahead of you just like your old tank did however if it's an animal ride or actually not sandals but anything with an open top like the tank clearly looks like a tank so you're covered and the most of the vehicles that are the slugs also are covered but the camel in the second game and later on there's an elephant and some other animals and even some open topped mechs you get it does not protect the top of you so if you're hit by a bullet and it hits the top half of you that's not covered by the vehicle it still takes you out in one shot just like the regular game. However, it leaves the slug there. So you can die, come back, jump right back on top of your camel with a gun on it, and just clear out more of the enemy. I actually kind of like that more than the tank. Uh, even though the tank would take several hits, once you lost the tank, that was it. Uh, the animals, you can if, if you can time it right and you can pay attention, you can keep that thing, even if you die five or six times throughout the level. I, re- I really think Metal Slug 2 is, is where this game kind of found its identity. Uh, not only with, with the the crazy wackiness but with the gameplay as well uh you know doing little things like that it's still hard as hell but Mm -hmm. uh there's something about metal slug 2 that just really uh kicks that thing up a notch over what the original was well i mean along with adding the camel that i talked about uh that i mentioned only because it was the in the first level it shows up there's planes there's an underwater submarine there's plenty of things in the later games with the slugs where there's by the end of the series by the end of, of I mean, there's a seventh game, uh, but the six are on the anthology, the first six uh, and X, which is a remake of two. But the, the the throughout all these games, there's enough slugs by the end of the series. There's probably 30 different vehicles throughout the games. <laughs> I mean, the tanks in every one of them, the tanks in every single game. But they add, you know, there's a camel. There's a I talk about an elephant. There's planes, a helicopter. Uh, there's there's a submarine. There there's a bunch of different vehicles, some of which you only see one time and never again. Uh, a mech outfit, several versions of that mech outfit. Th- those things are are what make this series, in my opinion. I mean, I, again, it's called Metal Slug, so they clearly knew, hey, this is what makes the series different from most other things. But those vehicles, after you get down the aiming and how it controls, if you can keep those going, you'll fly through levels. Oh I mean, yeah, you'll you'll still probably take it, but. Uh, but at least you'll get really, really, really far on the level before you have any problems.
The other thing that the second game introduces is transformations. Now, Billy brought this up before, how you can turn mm-hmm. into a mummy. Uh, that happens in game two, in, in Metal Slug 2. If you, in the second level, you go into this, I, I guess it's pyramids, and you'll fight mummies, and they will blow this this purple cloud on top of you sometimes. If they do that, you, you, know, you fall to the ground, and then you wake up as a mummy, and you're Im- impervious to... Other bullets, but other mummies can kill you immediately. If they spray more, if they spray more purple stuff on you, or drop their purple blood all over you, then then you die immediately. Where otherwise, you know, it would just turn you into a mummy and not kill you. You can find uh, from people that you save or from killing certain enemies, you will get like an antidote to that and turn back into a regular player. Uh, so you can not be a mummy for the rest of the game. But that's an awesome, I mean, especially because of the way it's animated, uh, but also just the fact that you can go back and forth and back and forth. There's almost a strategy to trying to get turned into a mummy or a zombie in the third game or a monkey in the sixth game or whatever the transformations are in this series to to want to be those other things for a small window of time and then just know where you find the antidote, uh, what you have to kill or what you have to save to get the antidote back so that by the time you get to warrior, you want to be faster and a little more agile, you can do so. Uh, yeah, I mean, the transformations, you kind of mentioned how in the first uh, Metal Slug, everything is is very plain. Uh, it's not, you know, it's it's kind of a cartoony military G.I. Joe kind of thing. Um, and in the second one, uh, this the first stage, it, it kind of continues that. And then when you get to that, that uh, the pyramid stage, and the first time that happened to me, when, when you get turned into that mummy, I was like, oh, man, this game is, is going a way different direction mm-hmm. than, than what that first one did. And it just... It was it was so neat to to see those things and and just how much they actually affected the game. You know, they didn't just turn you into a, a mummy and that's just what you look like. You can still shoot your gun and stuff, or you know, no, you, you're you're a totally different character basically uh, when you do get transformed into something. Um, you know, like the zombie, it has like this uh, crazy fucking blood vomit that just it's like you're shooting a laser from a mech or something. But it, it's just it's <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, and and when you turn when you eat too much and you turn fat, you know that was kind of I always thought those those food things were just points. You know I was like oh yeah. they're just getting extra points. And then suddenly you turn fat and you're super slow, but you you do like you got this crazy like um, it's kind of like your pistol, but it does way more damage. Oh yeah. So you know these transformations weren't just like an afterthought in the game. You know they they literally changed how you played the game. And if you could master them, like you could totally just wreck these stages uh, if you could get transformed. Yeah, I, especially the the one that turns you you fat on there. I, I just found that you could run through the stage. Uh, that's the longest stretch I was able to stay alive uh, that entire game, just because that gun is. Yeah, you're slower, but that gun is just so powered up. Uh, it, it's it's about you know it's stronger than any of the power ups you can pick up basically at that point in time. Um, but yeah, the transformations and just the fact that even running over food, which in any other game. You know, we just add points, but wouldn't do anything else. Just the it just shows the level of just detail in this game. It, it's something, especially for the time. So Metal Slug Two again, it's where it starts going a little crazy. There's there's aliens towards the end uh, that show up to kind of you know you can tell the other army is using alien technology, and then of course uh, the last fight of the second game, uh, aliens kind of take over and you fight a big UFO. The third game takes that idea and runs with it, so you start seeing. Uh, you know the first the first level of the third game that came out is a, a standard you know fight an army get to the end of the level fight some more larger vehicles starting the second level is where you are introduced to zombies and zombies are 
Uh, Much like the mummies, they will vomit. If they vomit and it hits you, it turns you into a zombie. Now, the mummies, when you turn into a mummy, your bomb weapon was still the same stick grenades you use. The zombie, your bomb becomes this spray of red vomit that goes all the way across the screen and then arcs up. It does a shit ton of damage. It's great. I mean, that, that was, you know, you said... Two is where it really finds its stride, and I think the more I've played these games, I think two and X because X is a remake of two, uh, because like Billy said, there were some some speed issues with two and uh, some difficulty issues, easier and hard in different parts. So they, you know, SNK tweaked it, released it as X, and X is a, a the director's cut of two essentially. So three is the next new game in the series, uh, came out in two thousand, and yeah, the the zombies there. The transformation there, I think, is my favorite transformation in the series. The zombie is is useful. Uh, yes, you're very slow, but you you have your regular gun when you're a zombie. But the bomb you get is insane. It, it destroys everything. Uh, and also, the zombies. What I liked, and this happens with the mummies somewhat, but the zombies it seems to be uh, organized much better. You'll see all these innocent civilians in the area, and if the zombies come over and vomit on them which doesn't look like it's going to do anything because it's not touching you, all of a sudden they turn into zombies. So it's easy to see it spiral out of control quickly uh, in that third game that it doesn't really happen as much with the mummies. So you can tell the zombies are kind of that same idea the mummies had, but they just refined it a little bit more. And, uh, and so two and three, I think if you, if you played Metal Slug one through three, you've probably played the best of the series. The other ones aren't terrible. I don't want to talk badly of, of four, five, six, and, and even seven, uh, but they're... They're not as original and as tightly made, in my opinion, as the first three. I, I agree. I think up to three, uh, those are you've got the best of, of what you can get out of Metal Slug. And, you know, the, the rest after that aren't bad at all. But you can definitely see they start repeating things. Yeah, I mean, these games, they're all uh, excellent games. You'd be You'd be well off playing any of them. But, yeah, if you have played the first three you're going to start seeing a lot of patterns you're going to start seeing a lot more of the same and and a lot of the originality that that you really love from the first three is just not going to be present anymore well even i think four uh, it happens a little bit in three but but starting in four you can see bosses reused and Mm -hmm. i don't have a problem with that because they they do tweak their attack a little bit but it's the idea that i don't want to complain about this because sometimes the op- in fact, the opposite happens far too often. You'll see a game that comes out, and then there's six or seven sequels, and they look nothing and act nothing like the original game. Resident Evil is a great example. The original Resident Evil came out. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to control, and I got a little. That, that that's the big complaint, and they've refined that game. I think Resident Evil Four is the pinnacle in that series. I'm sure people will argue with me all day, and I don't want to do that, but. But then it gets to Resident Evil 6 and 7 that's coming out now. 7 I don't know much about because it's not out yet. But 6 is a, a straight-up action game. A straight action game with zombies. Where the first one is about trying to survive. It's about trying to, to pick your fights carefully. Avoid fights where possible. Don't let things bang up on you. Where, where 6 is just, you know, Doom, essentially. I mean, it's not quite Doom graphic-wise. But, but you know what I mean. It's that same kind of... It's You have almost unlimited ammo. Just blow everything you can possibly up. This game doesn't do that. The, the first Metal Slug and the most recent Metal Slug, which is XX, which is a remake of 7, are essentially the same game. I mean, different graphics, different uh, you know, different enemies, but the same style of game. They didn't go crazy. There's new slugs every game. There's some new weapons here and there. There's new transformations. But the game itself has never changed. It's a 2D, 
you know, start on the left side of the screen, end at the right side of the screen, in the middle, shoot everything you possibly can with giant bosses. It doesn't deviate from that formula, and that's wonderful. But it also <laughs> means that there's going to be things by the fifth or sixth game that you've clearly seen before, and instead of pretending that you haven't seen it before, they just give it to you again. Yeah, you don't even get like a you know a different skin on it. Maybe like they are literally just the same thing that that you saw in the previous games. And you know, I will take a Metal Slug game any day. But uh, you know, once you did start seeing that, you were just well, maybe they've uh, you know maybe they just don't want to make this new stuff anymore. I mean, it, it probably takes a metric fuck ton of hours to to animate some of that stuff. And you know they just didn't want to do that anymore, so they just grabbed some stuff from the previous games and and threw it into a game with some new backgrounds and levels and and called it a day. Well, the other thing we have to remember when we're talking about that is we're playing this on an anthology. So, you know, you played the the Metal Slugs before this, and I had played a little bit of Metal Slug before this, but generally, we came into this. You have seven games. You have we one through six and X on this collection. So you're playing them back to back. At least in my in my experience with this to play for this podcast, I played through all of one, then all of two, then all of X, then all of three, then all of four, you know, and so you know, when I saw the same boss I saw an hour and a half previous cuz each of these games being an arcade shooter will last you about an hour to an hour and a half uh, if you play with unlimited lives. Otherwise it lasts you for about 30 seconds. But you know, it was more noticeable for me if I would have played this game two years ago, and then got into the same kind of boss with some new attacks, it probably wouldn't have bothered me. I mean, it was, I didn't mind it much, but, you know, it was one of those things where it was just like, when you play one of these Metal Slug games, especially for the first three, um, you know, I I played those when they did come out, uh, the years that they came out, um, and you you get so used to, to seeing these amazing, crazy things, and you wait two or three, you know, a year or two for these games to come out, and then you start seeing things recycled. It's kind of like, you know, nowadays, if you waited a year or two for a new sequel for, for a game that you love, and then you just kind of saw the, the same boss from the previous game. You know, it's still, you know, it's still a fun game, but you're just like, oh, man, you know, I, I would have loved to have seen something different here. Well, I'm a huge fan of Dark Souls, and essentially that's just what I got. But I wanted that, so I can't complain too much. <laughs> Uh, and essentially, I fought different versions of the same bosses I've been fighting for for three or four years. But uh, yeah, no, I, I mean it. It's definitely it was just jarring to see the exact same boss. Not yes, not the slightly yeah. different boss, or even like, hey, here's this boss, and we added a new hat to him or something. It's the exact same boss, uh, but it didn't bother me. In fact, it made me feel good because even though I know a boss, I still died a couple times on him. The, the bosses in this game, in every every version of this, uh, are definitely tough. They all have multiple phases. They they all, you know, generally, if you're not perfect, if you don't have everything under control, it goes out of control rapidly. So, you know, 10 seconds of not knowing what's going on means you've died. You've died three or four times. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, it's refreshing. It, it, I'm, it's not a new game, but uh, it's still refreshing to play a game like this now that's just unforgiving. Uh, but at the same time, because, again, you don't start back at a checkpoint, uh, for the anthologies, you have unlimited plays. And, and you can tell that they know you're going to die a bunch because when you finish one of these games on the anthology, and actually I had Metal Slug X on the PlayStation 1, when you get to the end, it proudly tells you how few continues you used. <laughs> Not, hey, you made it to the end of one life so you get an extra cutscene. None of that shit exists. They're like, no, no, thanks, man. You only use 35 continues. Good for you. Yeah, was anyone ever able to get under 30? I hit 32 
in three and I, and, and a testament to how hard these games are. 32 continues made me feel very proud of myself. I got to 24 with metal slug six, but I do think oh, of this, the collection that's in, that's the easiest game. It's only five levels, not six. And it is the, the, the only game that was made for a non Neo Geo system on the collection. Uh, one through five were made for the Neo Geo directly and released to the Neo Geo arcades, uh, at least outside of this country. And, uh, Metal Slug 6 was made for just arcade machines. Metal Slug 7 was a, a DS exclusive, and XX is the that a version of that game for the PSP with some modifications. So the first five games are designed, and even the sixth game, because it was an arcade game, are designed to just eat the shit out of your quarters. And the sixth one still feels like that. I mean, I, I, I strongly doubt I could beat it any better than I just did at 24. 24 was the, the run where I got through the first two levels and only died once, and I felt like the man. And uh, and by the end, I was just continuing up a storm just to make three feet of progress. I can do under seven in the first game, but that's the only one I can... Everything oh. else is definitely going to be over 25. Uh, I, I, mas- I got as close to mastering that game as I possibly could because uh, it. I, I bought it when it came out on uh, Saturn. Uh, this was back when uh, GameStop was selling... Uh, import Saturn games for for a few weeks before that system died, and I managed to get uh, that Metal Slug game that that they released for it, and got so good at that that I can I can still I've memorized it so well I can get under seven continues by the end of that game. Everything else though that I don't even man that's almost impossible. Well, <laughs> Metal but- Slug X is just a goddamn mess, and I, I, I there's no way I can even get close to that one. Uh, metal you know i thought the exact same thing and I, I do agree that generally if i ever beat any of these games in in under 10 i will probably quit gaming forever as the champion of gaming but <laughs> but the even just playing it for the last two weeks to get ready for this podcast i got so much better and you don't realize it you know it's a very slow curve because the problem with unlimited continues is you play carelessly at least i did you know, once you die a couple times, you're like, okay, fine, I've already died. Who gives a shit? And then you just you just throw yourself at whatever. You know, you, you come back with your lives, you throw your ten grenades at whatever you're trying to kill real quick. You run along till you die again. No big deal. You're going to come back to life with ten grenades. You play very carelessly. At least I did. Uh, when I actually started getting better at it, though, where I was paying attention, you can limit how many continues you get in the options menu. So then I started playing yes. with twenty, and then I started. You know, I, I tried it with five, and I laughably didn't get very far. But uh, <laughs> but I still thought that's how I'm going to get better. You know, play these with a limit continues, and then I care. Then I then I'm playing extremely carefully. And sure, that's probably boring to watch, but it it does make it much more interesting to know you have a, a limit on the game. So 24, again, I would never finish it with any of the limits they put on it, but 24 was was a, a proud day for me. Seven is mind-blowing. Yeah, I, that's, I, I, I just played it so many times that I, you know, I, I, I can actually play the first, I believe, three stages without dying at all. Like, I, I've got that so memorized. But after that, uh, you know, there's some of those games out there with difficulty that I'm just like, You've got to die. You're, this game is made for you to die. And, and I think Metal Slug is, is one of those games that is unapologetically so difficult that you just have to realize you're going to die unless you're some crazy, uh, you know, long play motherfucker on, on YouTube that just wants to master the game for every frame that that's, it's on your TV. Uh, I'm not that person. I, the majority of people are not those kind of people. Uh, but for anyone that, that can really get... You play these games and and get those trophies. Uh, that what you say was under ten continues per game. Under five, five or less. Under continues. five. Uh-huh. No 
fucking way it isn't going to happen. I, you you would have to be a grandmaster of, of fucking Metal Slug to to make that happen. It does say that point one of players have have achieved those, so I don't feel so oh, bad. I don't I even know. how how is it? <laughs> you got to be like a developer or something to do that. <laughs> well, the one that's the most amazing because again, it's a it's an anthology, and I don't like to talk about these things, but in this case, I think it it shows our point. It, there is a you know the the platinum trophy is you've earned every other trophy which means you've beaten all the metal slugs with less than five continues and yeah. you've also saved ten plus people although if you've beaten it with five or less continues you probably did save ten or more people on a, on on a level in each game but that means that and again there's no save states there's no there's no like okay I screwed up I'll restart the level it's just yeah yeah no that's it start from the very beginning if you screw up and otherwise good luck and you make it all the way to the end and the last level on every one of these games is offensively hard i mean oh god it's, some it's of the insane the I, you know I, I did well on six and and if i i probably got two level six with six continues and i used 18 on just levels <laughs> or level five in that game because the last level just throws shit at you on yeah. purpose it's like yeah you made it this far congratulations you're not making it any farther and go fuck yourself and that's it's Again, it when you look at it that way, it, when I when I first started playing Metal Slug, because I bought Metal Slug X for the PlayStation, I was almost put off by how hard it was because you're not in that mindset. You don't think a game is going to be made to eat your quarters anymore. That's not how games are made in in shit, even from 1995 or whatever. That's not that's not what you assume. You assume games are made. You know, you play. Um, I, I just finished Uncharted 4 a little while ago. You can die a million times. Who cares? You get to start back at your last checkpoint, try again. And you get three feet along, and that's the next checkpoint. Like, there's not a, a huge running space from what you have to redo over and over again. Even Dark Souls, you know, which gets a lot of shit for being so hard, has so many checkpoints that you're not really losing anything when you die other than, than maybe some time. But you're not... You don't have to go back to the beginning. This game... If you're not willing to just say, okay, fine, I'm going to play with 100 quarters, 100 credits, then then you have to just restart. You make a big mistake on level four, sorry, man, start from the beginning to get those uh, those achievements. That's amazing. My God. And before if, I, we, we keep mentioning that this, I, I just want to real quick make this uh, uh, so people know, we keep, keep mentioning this anthology collection for PS4. This is actually the uh, PlayStation 2 anthology uh, that was actually uh, re-released on PS4 with trophies and and things like that. So if you do have a PlayStation 2, you you can actually get this anthology as well. It's not just limited to the PlayStation and 4. And it, it's cheap online. I I you know I I said I had it on the Wii and I'd sold a bunch of my Wii games when I was worried about uh, not paying for my daily expenses. And and I was only able to get maybe twenty bucks for it. You can find them both for the PS2 and the Wii uh, for for fairly cheap. I think the PSP is even cheaper. Because uh, PSP games don't sell for anything. So if you're looking for this on the original consoles that the anthology showed up on, you can find them pretty cheaply. But yeah, the PS4 version is still what I got. It, I got it for on sale for five dollars or something. But even yeah. for full price, it's fifteen. It's worth every penny. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, this is if you're going to get a Metal Slug anthology or, or any of them, this is the best you can do for the price. It is a, a lot of games. It, it's is it every metal slug except the last one i believe except for seven and the remake of seven xx seven okay so this is all the ones that matter um this <laughs> is true. these are the ones that you want to play uh especially one through three this is th- this is a great deal if you can especially get it for what we did i believe we got it for like a holiday price or something like six bucks yeah it's even even at 15 for again seven full games 
and, and if you like this kind of game, if you like Russian Attack, if you like Contra, if you like these games, Kari Warriors, this is this is going to hit every button you want it to. And it's it's wonderful to see a game that has this kind of animation and this detail, um, you know, anytime. So it, the fact that it's 20 years old doesn't bother me one bit. And hey, if you got that Neo Geo Pocket Color, uh, there's a great, uh, great version of Metal Slug that you can you can get on there as well. That's a very tiny fraction of our audience, but it is an amazing handheld. We, you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up because you said you had one of these. We, I didn't have one, but I, you know, I worked at Electronics Boutique for a while. I've talked about it several times, and we had we sold them, and I thought, what an amazing system. And I know there were more games than this, but we only ever got six games, and the only game that was ever restocked was Metal Slug. Everything else, we had the original yeah. copy, and it never left. I think the other the other game we sold was a uh, uh, Bust a Move or or whatever that's called, the popping bubble game, and that was it. Yeah, everything else was was never sold. The, the fighting games, because again, you're talking about taking a fighting game like Street Fighter, you know, or, or it's King of Fighters, but you know what I mean. If you don't know those games very well, it's multiple game buttons down to a two button game. You know, the, the, this looked like a Game Boy uh, Advance essentially, uh, but it was the Neo Geo version, and it it just. Metal Slug was the game. Like everyone that bought one bought Metal Slug, and that's the only game that ever came back in. And it looked great. I played it, and it, it was an, a solid version of this kind of game, uh, but on a tiny black and white handheld. And like those games were, uh, th- there were two, I believe, two Metal Slugs for the uh, uh, the Neo Geo Pocket. Um, you, you had the original Neo Geo Pocket, which was black and white, and then you had the color one, which was uh, came out like I believe just a few months later after what was launched here in the U.S. Um, those the second one especially was a really great portable version of metal slug it was uh it was genuinely good uh but you know i literally probably the only person in in the state of indiana that owned a neo geo pocket to play that so gamestop <laughs> wasn't exactly too quick about getting more new games in um but you know that was a, that was a nice little portable if you if you never played a neo geo pocket game uh they they were fun. They were really good. I I would love to do an episode on Neo Geo Pocket games, but that's literally impossible because you can't find those things anymore unless you want to pay a an exorbitant amount of money. Uh, but that that was a great little system, and it has an amazing mobile version of Metal Slug on it. The first one was good, but it wasn't great. But that second Metal Slug for the Neo Geo Pocket was so so good. So yeah, any anthology you find, if it's on PS2, it's on PSP, on the Wii, PS4, or if you happen to have a Neo Geo or the Neo Geo Pocket Color and can find any version of Metal Slug, every single game in this series is incredible and well worth playing. And and I I have nothing bad to say about this series except that I'm not good at it. So uh, this is one game I think we can all agree, excellent. Yes, totally. This is... uh... We are not continuing our contempt for classic games on this episode. <laughs> uh, we we definitely enjoy this game a lot. Yeah, I, I got. I'd have nothing. Very little. This is probably of all the games we reviewed on here. This is the least bad. Um, I have to say about any game. When my only complaint is that there's some slowdown in one of in one of six or seven games. Yeah, you know you're on to a, a pretty good series. Well, two had a, a little bit of a slowdown problem, which is why they made X to kind of fix those problems and mm-hmm. revamp. They they just realized there were some sections that they had overloaded, and other sections were too empty. So, so X is is essentially the the corrected version of two. But also, you have to remember we played this on an emulator, so there was definitely yeah. some parts oh, in yeah. in five, for example, where it chugged. But I don't think it would chug on the actual Neo Geo hardware. I think nah. that's an emulation issue. So I, I don't want to talk about stuttering too much. Those games chugged. 
pretty hard uh, on, on the original hardware. Uh, even the arcade, um, the very first game, actually, uh, I remember it having some slowdown issues. So it, it it was kind of a thing that happened with with a lot of those games. Um, it's just something you kind of learn to ignore, and it never really got too much in the way. But yeah, those oh, uh, no. well, some it, of it you definitely come across it. And and looking I mean, at it from the time, if you think about Super Nintendo or the Genesis, compared to what how those systems chugged for different games, oh, God, this was yes. this was mm-hmm. completely forgivable. Even even yeah. you know we're saying it now because we're used to playing games that that, that for this style of game should never have a speed issue, but. For the time, and, and even for current games, you know, I don't have many games that run as smoothly right now as Metal Slug runs on my system. Yeah, and, right. and, and, and I should clarify, it is the most absolute minor of complaints. Uh, it, it, it doesn't hamper anything at all. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm very pleased with this series. I wish I would have uh, been more educated on what these were uh, sooner, because I really yeah, would have I mean, enjoyed like, playing through these. You. This was your first time playing it, basically. I mean, that's if awesome. someone, if someone like Jeremy P said right at the beginning, if someone would have said cartoon Contra, I would have been all over it. I, I'm just curious what mech game you thought this was, but we'll figure that I out don't... on another episode. <laughs> yes, we don't have that. Kind to be of time. continued. Mission complete. So next episode, we're going to take a look at a. I've had this this Sonic thing going on, and perhaps it's because my oldest son is is a massive Sonic fan, and I don't understand why, because he wasn't old enough to play any of the good Sonic games. Uh, but he loves Sonic, so we've been playing a lot of Sonic around my house, and, uh, and I wanted to hit up a Sonic game, so we decided the next episode will be about Sonic Spinball for the Genesis. Uh, you know, we, I think that Sonic 1 through 3... Uh, the world has said enough about. There's nothing we can say that you haven't heard, but but maybe Sonic Spinball is one of, one of those games that enough people have played uh, that we can can add our own input on, and it'll be interesting. So uh, tune in for that next time. But do we have a listener question this week? We do. We do have a listener question. Uh, longtime listener Lucas has posed a question. This is a two-parter for us, uh, and here we go. Now, it's common nowadays that that all multiplayer is online, but of course, back in the day, it was local, Uh, and this meant that whoever you were playing with or against was typically sitting right next to you in the same room, Uh, and this could lead to some pretty tense moments. So his question is, one, what game caused the biggest uproar between you and your friends, and two, what game were you the most competitive at? Now, I will go ahead and start. The The game that started the biggest uproar amongst my friends and I, and still continues to this day, is that goddamn Mario Kart. Uh, Mario Kart <laughs> has caused a stir. 20 years worth of stir Mario Kart has caused. Uh, you know, even before the days of the Blue Shell, which is almost a friendship ender in this, <laughs> in this household. It's, it's been almost a relationship ender at times. Uh, I mean... So much tension playing that old Super Nintendo Mario Kart. When you get behind a friend, they're in first, you're in second, and they see you're holding that red shell. And and what are you going to do? They ain't you, a friend no more. They're no no. There's no friends out on the track, uh, and and some people have just never been able to grasp that. Uh, I've had con- more controllers thrown, doors slammed, phone calls not returned uh, because <laughs> of Mario Kart. Uh, and the second part of the game I'm the most competitive at was was that Super Nintendo NBA Jam, which I took seriously. 
extremely seriously. I demanded quiet in the room when NBA Jam was being played. And <laughs> and and I, I would like to report still to this day on Super Nintendo NBA Jam, I have never been defeated. I have a perfect record. Oh. And yes. And mostly due to the fact that I cannot get anybody to play the Super Nintendo version of NBA Jam. <laughs> I think I will I think I will retire with that record. No, I seem to remember you having a story where you made a, a, a girl cry at one point in the arcade version of uh, that game. I did. Or was that something? <laughs> I, I can't, it's been a minute, and I, but I, def, I, I seem to remember somebody ended up crying uh, over, over a game of arcade NBA Jam with you. There was, I, I met a, uh, a, some female opposition in the arcade, and she took me to task for the majority of the game, but I pulled into the lead... And of course, at the arcade version, you had to pay per quarter, like quarter of a game. Uh, so we got to the second half and I had sank a three pointer that put me a, a point or two ahead. And she was out of quarters. I had a handful of quarters. I made it known I had this handful of quarters <laughs> <laughs> and ref- refused did you, to did give you her flash one. Flash it out to the side. Just like, look. Oh, I jingled. I jingled. <laughs> there was there was jingling and jangling. <laughs> and, uh, and and I made it known that I had those, and she was not getting any part of them. And in fact, she was so—I I don't know if she was so competitive at it, so caught up in the moment that that tears were shed. Jeez, Jesus Christ, you ruined her life. Maybe, maybe I, I could—I don't know. I'm not bothered with it. You know, it's NBA, <laughs> it's NBA Jam. <laughs> There's, there's this homeless woman out there somewhere that never got to live life because you beat her at NBA Jam in the arcade. You just see there's no love and you just don't care. That's tough. <laughs> well, I don't have a good story like that, but uh, I definitely played a lot of, uh, you know, single um, in the same room multiplayer. I mean, that that's, in my opinion, the best kind, even though it makes yeah. some games, um, you know, I don't know if you guys have played a lot of Trap Gunner for the PlayStation. That's a game that that really seems like it would be better if you couldn't see each other's screen, but at the same token, that's what made that game interesting. Otherwise, it would be almost impossible to tell where things are. Uh, it's a game where you set up traps and then you had to run around a maze. Uh, but that's not that's not one of the games I necessarily want to talk about, except to say I, I enjoyed single player or single room multiplayer. And Mario Kart's a great example of a game I suck horribly at. Uh, at least the 64 version, everyone else seemed to master it. I never did. Uh, Bomberman was the kind of game that I really enjoyed. Oh, man. A game that's oh, yeah, just... Yeah. It, it's not quite a puzzle game. It's definitely a fast reflex action game, but it's not a fighting game. It's not a racer. Uh, you know, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, everyone else was really good at those games. I am, to this day, the worst fighting game player on the planet. But a puzzle action game like Bomberman is is my wheelhouse for the kind of that's games a, I would house people. That's a hefty, hefty strategy game, too. Well, it is, and, and I'd say it's it's similar in, in the kind of mindset you need to play uh, Choo Choo Rocket for the... The Dreamcast when that came out. That was a game. If I had to pick one game, because at this point it was me and and people who were all in our late teens, early 20s. So we were all hanging out, uh, way too old to be doing this, hanging out at somebody's house at you know 3 a.m. drinking beer and playing multiplayer games. There were fist fights over Choo Choo Rockets. <laughs> because Choo Choo Rockets a game, if you hadn't played Choo Choo Rocket before, where you have... 
basically four goals. And the whole point is there are these mice that run around from different spots, and you have to get them into your goal to get the most points. And you get these arrows that change the way they're going to go. And all it takes is one person who you're not paying attention to to throw an arrow at the last minute out of your goal, and all the work you've made is for shit. And you have to redo everything. So there would be games where literally someone was like winning the whole game in the last 30 seconds of a game, you can take it from them if you know what you're doing and you play it the right way. And that that's how I played that game. The other game that was close, and I had to think about this to decide which was which was angering, but there were honestly fights over Choo Choo Rocket was Devil Dice. I don't know if you guys play Devil Dice at all. That's oh another God, game that for multiplayer... I'm the only person that ever played Devil Dice. <laughs> no, no, I'm not the only person because I had four friends and I who would play Devil Dice, or I guess three oh God, friends because it's with the multi-tap on the PlayStation. And we would... That's another game where you can just screw the shit out of your friends because it was designed that if, if, if you made a match which earned you points and at the last second of, of that match, like it's after you make a match of dice, they slowly sink into the ground. So if you have twos, you have to get two twos next to each other and they sink into the ground. If it's threes, three threes next to each other, they slowly sink into the ground and you get points. But if someone gets another three, for example, to hit that group of threes that are sinking as they're sinking, then it restarts their timer and they get your points. So you can wait till the last fraction of a second to where that hasn't gone to the ground yet and hit it with another three and steal all their points. And that will cause your friends to throw their PlayStation controller at your face in the middle of the room. <laughs> Amazing. But uh, yeah, between that and Choo Choo Rocket, I had to think about it. And, and maybe it's because I, I have to say, of the games that I've played this way, Choo Choo Rocket's the one that I, I for whatever reason, it clicked with me. I excelled at it, and, uh, and my friends refused. To, I mean, literally, I, it would get to the point where everyone's like, we're never playing with this you again. We'll play Power Stone. We'll play anything else. We will not play Choo Choo Rocket. If you put it in, we will all go home. That's the one game I can say I've been good at, and no one likes it. I guess for me, it was always fighting games on like the 16-bit, like the Super Nintendo and and Genesis. Uh, Since I didn't actually have any friends, me and my cousin, we we spent most of our time playing games with each other. And um, the big competitive games were, of course, like Street Fighter 2 and and Mortal Kombat. And it it was always uh, those games that got the most competitive spirit out of us. We we would sit down and actually make our own homemade tournament brackets, um, which if, if I mean, that's pretty sad, but that's what we would do. You know, after a few weeks, we would all have we would each one have us uh, each one of us have our own characters that we were good at. So we would split down the roster. You know, he'd be like, you know, he had like Chun-Li and, and all that stuff. And you know, I have Ryu and and we would just all have our, our characters that we played as and um so we'd make brackets and each each our different teams would go at each other in, in these brackets and we'd each put up uh, something that we thought was worthwhile. So it, it, just to explain the, the time period of this, I would put up my issues of spawn number one through ten, um, <laughs> you know, in a plastic uh, sleeve uh, up against his uh, his original Ranma VHS tapes, uh, volumes one through four. And, you know, we would compete for those things. Uh, you know, whoever would win the tournament would, would collect the whole pot. And I, I realize this is probably the saddest story I've ever told anyone uh, publicly, but uh, we totally did this. So we did it several times. Those so Spawn Comics and, and Ranma Half VHS tapes uh, changed hands several times over the, over the years. Uh, but it was one of those things that it was, you know, that was what got us competitive of... of you know, with with any game back then, because you know that you didn't really have first person shooters or or anything like that, as far as like what we played. So 
uh, fighting games was was definitely the what we chose to to use to to compete against each other. Well, if you have more questions that can lead to more embarrassing stories from a member of Retrovaniacs, please send them to us either via our Gmail, which is retrovania.net at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at retrovania.net or just search Retrovaniacs. Uh, you can send us a message there. Find us on Facebook under retrovania.net. And we will be back in two weeks with our look at Sonic Spinball for the Sega Genesis. And we'll see you then. 